Yesterday, I was uncertain about my future health needs. Then a stranger held my hand and reassured me. Today, I have a friend who makes my health their priority. Today, I'm part of the Melamed Hospital family. And with 24-hour emergency units and ambulances I can call on 0800-786-000, I know Melamed will always be there when I need them. Melamed Private Hospitals, your gateway to affordable, quality health care. Melamed Gates will now open with brand new state-of-the-art ICU, pediatric and general wards. You may think that finding the best tasting pie is a pie in the sky, but let me tell you about the Humble Pie. Brought to you by the Humble Pie Company. It's humble to the pocket, stuffed with a generous amount of delicious filling, wrapped in perfectly prepared pastry. The Humble Pie ranges from sumptuous butter chicken to mouth-watering mutton korma, and everybody's favorite, pepper steak and steak and kidney. Just heat and eat. So get a pie, a Humble Pie, from the Humble Pie Company. Now available at all major cash and carries and retail stores. Gag Productions proudly presents a Bollywood musical and visual masterpiece. For the first time together in Cape Town, the dynamic trio that has mesmerized audiences throughout the world. Saul Khan, Nirupama Regi and Hiran Joshi, backed live by internationally acclaimed musicians, plus three exceptional guest artists. Tickets now available from Spa Kombum. Only two performances on 28th and 29th October at Seaport Conference Hall, Belleville. Don't miss a show that comes only once in a lifetime. For further info, call 083-412-9299. Reserve your seat now. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change. My tongue sings the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum Respected listeners of your frequency of choice 91.3 FM, the voice of the Cape I'm your host this evening, Muhammad Sheikh And we bring to you yet another edition of Born to Serve Featuring leaders that have come, that are currently living And that are making a difference continuously in our communities Serving the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his pleasure And at the same time contributing meaningfully to our communities Such that we can take inspiration from them Respected listeners, alhamdulillah, this evening 
We are absolutely excited because, inshallah, we will profile uh, one of Cape Town's leading ulama by the name of Sheikh Musa Goda. And in order to do this, inshallah, we have uh, the honored beloved son of Sheikh Musa Goda, who is present with us, inshallah, uh, Molana Ali Goda. And inshallah, he will be walking us through the journey of Sheikh Musa. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate his status. So, inshallah, we welcome with us in studio Molana Ali Goda. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A heartful thank you, Jazakallah khair, Ahsanul Jaza, to yourself for taking the time out and being part of mm-hmm. our program. Shukran, it's in fact an honor for me to be uh, to speak, be speaking to you about my father and to the listeners. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thumma, alhamdulillah. Perhaps, inshallah, to give some insight into the background, um, uh, the growing up of Sheikh Musa Gouda, if uh, Mulana can begin with that, inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, to begin with, let me say that I am the youngest of, of six siblings. Oh, so I probably have the least to say and the least memory, but I'll try my best, inshallah. No, no. So as far as I know, alhamdulillah, my father was born in Cape Town. His father migrated from India. Okay. And he is one of, let me not make a mistake, he is one of uh, seven siblings, if I'm not mistaken, five no. brothers and, and two sisters. And in fact, he is the last surviving of them all alhamdulillah in fact in june of this year he celebrated his 85th birthday wow, alhamdulillah so uh, as far as i know um, you know bits and pieces here and there once uh, i met up with an aunt of his she, she passed away may allah grant the janat of firdaus they called her antikhava hawa and uh, when i met her in weinberg she happened also to be a member of uh, a family of my wife's side. Okay. And she said, oh, Musachi, Musachi, Eva <laughs> So uh, basically when, when, when people say Stoutakan, it means a very active child. Okay. So my father, as uh, I, I've come to learn, was a very active child and he loved sports tremendously. Inshallah. To the extent that he himself said that the reason why his mother journeyed with him at the age of 16 to Makkah and left him there, was simply because of that she feared that he loved sport too much. Subhanallah. <laughs> you know, Subhanallah. You'd, you would spend these days playing cricket and soccer in the street. Right. And in fact, his love for sports continued until this very day. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Uh, so obviously, at the age of 16, as I mentioned, his mother journeyed with him uh, by ship to Makkah. And in fact, just today I spoke to him about it and he said it was a 20-day journey. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Very exciting journey. Wow. And he would tell us how his mother actually taught him to cook in Makkah. And they, they went for Hajj, obviously. Yes. And in Makkah, and the idea was to leave him there. And she taught him to cook and so forth and so on. And he spent five years in Makkah studying Hifz and Arabic and the various Islamic disciplines without returning. Subhanallah. Wow, subhanallah. Yeah. Indeed, amazing, amazing. Mm. So this journey of 20 days just by ship going mm. to Makkah to Al-Mukarramah. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine like, you know, mm. how long ago was this? Um, let me not make a mistake, but I think it could have been in the 40s. Wow, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> subhanallah, subhanallah. Mm. Did he perhaps relay any uh, particular incident on this journey? I'm sure he had such a close bond with his mom, you know, uh, yeah. through this journey. Subhanallah, I can only uh, imagine. Regrettably, I cannot give you too much detail, but yes. the, the one thing he did mention to me, in fact, was that they picked up some children from Palestine, refugee children from Palestine, 
for safekeeping and they dropped them off at some port but I can't remember the name so that was the one thing he did mention to me that was from this journey that he undertook. Oh, from this journey, yes, correct. Allah, mm. but, and he perhaps was just maybe in his early adulthood at this time? He was 15 or 16 years old at the time. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Mm. What a journey. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. uh, considering nowadays if anybody had to journey outside mm. South Africa to study mm. deen, I mean, it's a matter mm. of a day at most. Mm. But uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept mm. this journey. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, respected listeners, perhaps inshallah, gaining insight into the life of Sheikh Musa Goda. So one once he was established in Makkah, uh, some of the disciplines which he, um, you know, ventured into was mm. that of Hifz al-Quran mm. and uh, Islamic studies and so mm. forth. Um, how long did he spend in, in Makkah? He spent five years. Five, five years, years uh, obviously, in one stint, not returning. Right. Uh, obviously, returning after the fifth year. After the fifth year, yes. subhanAllah. And uh, upon returning, what was his immediate, um, you know, occupation? Did he, uh, you know, implement directly a type of madrasa perhaps or anything of the sort? Well, as it was at that time and perhaps still is in, yeah. in many instances, that when someone graduates from an institution, an Islamic institution, uh, it's not that easy to come home and walk into a job because so, of the, number one, the scarcity and so forth. No. And I suppose in those years it was even more difficult. Absolutely. So when he came yeah. home, yes, they, they, they were known to have returned and they uh, did recitals here and there and sure. so forth and so on. But uh, as an occupation, obviously no. they had to seek uh, other means of, of, no. of, of, of providing for themselves and their families. So my father, as far as I know, he uh, he acquired a job at a furniture company, okay. uh, Montes, Mashallah. called Montes. Montes, and apparently he was quite a, a good salesman. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Uh, then, if, if you, if if I may, what happened was because everyone knows my father to be a businessman as well. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, uh, people know him. Those who who, who know him in his past, no. uh, they know him to be synonymous with the with the shoe shop called Zenobia. Zenobia, subhanAllah. Zenobia shoes. So what happened was, um, as the story was told to me, yes, my father was working at the furniture store, uh, my mother was a housewife, and she mm. and some of her friends went to a shoe factory shop to buy some shoes for themselves. Right. And the, the owner of the factory shop, he made my mother a mad offer to buy the whole range that was on the floor. And lo and behold, she accepted it. <laughs> so she came home with all these shoes, not really knowing what she's going to do with them. Right, right. But then she sent out the word into the neighborhood that she has some shoes no. that she bought from the factory shop. That if anyone's interested, they can come and check it out and buy. No, no. Within, within days, everything was sold. Wow, subhanAllah. And the rest is history. <laughs> and that gave birth to Zenobia shoes, alhamdulillah. Okay, alhamdulillah. But, alhamdulillah. but if, if I may, no. um, just going back to Makkah. Yes, yes. Obviously, the main purpose was, an objective was studying of Quran and Deen and so forth. So they spent most of their time doing Hifth. Okay. And of course, learning the Arabic language, imbibing the language, living in, in the country itself. But as I've mentioned, he was a, he was a sports fanatic, right? And and that didn't end in Makkah. Ah, in no. fact, that continued while playing in Makkah, and the Arabs became very fanatical about soccer. Um, yes, I'm sure we know about that. No, no. Uh, to the extent that um, he joined a soccer team called Al Wahda at that time, and and if, when he came back, uh, and he returned to Makkah after many years. No. Someone on the airport recognized him. Someone who had played with him those years. 
Right. Recognized him and then requested that he go back to the, the clubhouse of Al Wahda. Subhanallah. Which at this time now, because, you know, Saudi had now discovered oil and they became very wealthy yes. and so forth, Wahda had also prospered to become a very well sought after club, okay. very elaborate clubhouse and so forth. So they had a special ceremony for him. Allah and they gave him a gold card that he can use the facilities whenever he wanted to. And they even had a magazine of the history of Al-Wahda in which they had the team photo with him in. Subhanallah. Wow, subhanallah. This was from his early days. This is from his early days. Obviously his teenage days. Alhamdulillah. Yes, yes, yes. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Respected listeners uh, journeying into some insight of the life of Sheikh Musa Gouda. But nonetheless, let us take a quick ad break will resume shortly stay tuned arrive explore discover with legend tours relive the islamic history of andalusia on the plains of spain experience the soul of morocco from the bustling souks to the rugged atlas mountains discover istanbul with a cruise on the bosphorus one city two continents relax on the beaches of phuket enjoying the scenic sunset relish the wonders of dubai and abu dhabi for your next holiday, call Legend Tours on 021-704-9140 or visit our website legendtours.co.za. Legend Tours, your preferred travel management company. I could sit here all day and tell you about the greatest pie ever made. In fact, I'll do just that. A pie so great is filled with the best tasting fillings. Fillings ranging from the sumptuous butter chicken to the mouth-watering mutton korma. And everybody's favorite, pepper steak and steak and kidney. A meal fit for any man. A meal so tasty, so filling. Just heat and eat whenever you feel like having a quick bite. So for the greatest, quick and easy meal, get a pie. A humble pie from the Humble Pie Company. Love every bite. Available at all major cash and carries and retail stores. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands walk for change. My tongue sing the sorrow of my heart. As we make a start Alhamdulillah 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 Welcome back, respected listeners, to your frequency of choice, 91.3 FM, with your host, Muhammad Sheikh, journeying through Born to Serve, uh, taking a glimpse into the life of Sheikh Musa Gouda, and none better to do so than his honorable son, Mulana Ali Gouda, subhanAllah. Uh, Mulana Ali was mentioning some of his, you know, passions that he encountered as a youngster uh, growing up or furthering his Islamic studies at the Holy Lands in Makkatul Mukarramah, subhanAllah. Oh, what were some of the other memories that he recollected in the studying days, you know, apart from this passion of sport? Was there anything particular that he um, encountered or that he learned mm. as a student studying in Makkah al-Mukarramah? One thing obviously that stands out regarding my father is his, his passion for recitation of Qur'an. Okay. And uh, what he would tell us was that he would spend hours and hours listening to the Qur'a from Egypt, you know. Oh. Uh, you know, struggling to find the frequency on, on the channel, on the no, radio, no. and then, you know, listening with a fine ear and, and trying to imitate. And obviously, obviously his favorite Qari 
was, uh, uh, the, I don't know, they call him, I think they call him the Sayyid al-Qurra, the master of all Qurra, uh, Sheikh Mustafa Ismail. So uh, my father, you know, you know, put in a lot of effort to imitate him, okay. I, I know. Naam, naam. So I think that was one of these, his passions during st- while he, in his study. Subhanallah. Um, and I can imagine, you know, in that time, perhaps, um, mm. you know, the parallel or the way in which Egyptian Qurra came about reciting Quran versus mm. the traditional Makkah. Mm. Uh, and maybe perhaps to me, that was difficult for him to actually source these types of Quran because mm. the, the general way of recital mm. in Makkah is slightly different or, you know, yeah. the approach, perhaps, yeah, subhanallah. Yeah. Yeah, my father would always speak of a, of, of, of a, of a melody called or a maqam called Sanani. Sanani. Sanani, which I think is actually the equivalent of Hijazi. Okay. Hijazi. okay. So that obviously when he would recite Tartil, Naam. that would be his, his, his maqam, his melody. Oh, mm-hmm. mashallah, subhanallah, something that he enjoyed and he was... Yes, yes. Uh, and that actually is, is quite known for, I think. Oh, yeah. mashallah, yeah. the Sanani maqam. Sanani maqam. Subhanallah, subhanallah. I think the, 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 the one sheikh that is also known to, to be very prominent in that uh, in that maqam is uh, Sheikh Muhammad Ayyub. Sheikh, Sheikh Muhammad, Muhammad Ayyub. Allah yarhamhu. Yes, yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, given his background also mm-hmm. and uh, his yeah. man of recital, mm-hmm. subhanAllah. But nonetheless, and you know, this five-year journey came back, you know, he started with this concept of business and so forth, you know, so difficult times of trying to earn the mm-hmm. sustenance. What was, you know, at the time when, uh, perhaps inshallah, we can focus at, you know, the time when um, your father um, got married and so forth and um, you know uh, growing up as a child in a household mm-hmm. what was his um, continuous advice or continuous motivation in terms of Islamic sciences in terms of tarbiya mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. well obviously as a as a child and him being my father there was always the guidance Naam. the guidance uh, of a father trying to raise his children knowing uh, Allah and knowing Rasulullah and instilling the love for Deen and love for Quran. Yeah. So that was always there, perhaps not in, uh, not only in verbal advice, right. you know, but in, in example, okay. alhamdulillah. Yeah. So I would say my father was, you know, a really good example right, to, right. to all of us, me personally, you know, as, as a guide as to, right. you know, what uh, a Muslim should, should be like in his home, in his business, etc. Did he have a particular routine about himself in terms of his day-to-day? Was he particularly concerned about, you know, maybe Quran only Mm. as imparting to his Mm. children? Well, I know my father to be a very punctual and very meticulous individual. Uh, You know, uh, if he has an appointment, he will be ready and uh, he will be present probably at least a quarter of an hour, even half an hour before the time. Subhanallah. Uh, Up until this very day. You know, oh. if if we have to take him somewhere to an appointment, no. you know, he'll be waiting about half an hour before the time and be quite agitated oh. if we, if you know, if we, if we late. <laughs> so, alhamdulillah, that is one no. thing about my father. And always very meticulous, right. very, always very organized. Okay. You know, even to the extent that my father loved cooking as well. Subhanallah. Wow, he's, subhanallah. He's a man of many talents, I must tell you that. No. And uh, even in, you know, watching him in, 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 in the kitchen was right. a pleasure. Subhanallah. Because uh, he, he, the kitchen would remain neat at all times. Wow, subhanallah. You know, and he's busy cooking, subhanallah. So, oh, and, and, and like that, every aspect of his life, you know, even in his business, 
his personal self and so forth was no. always very neat and organized and meticulous alhamdulillah alhamdulillah mm. alhamdulillah wow i mean one can only mesmerize mm. you know a person a personality that didn't only contain the quran mm. in his heart mm. but somebody who served at home yeah. you know sometimes yeah. i think uh, my personal humble opinion mm. when people get the status of mm. hafiz al qari mm. then they begin to ignore the basic yeah. responsibilities oh on the contrary i must tell you on the contrary no. Um, let me give you a few examples. Sure, uh, sure. Bismillah. Uh, my my sister, she and in those years she was a a a student at a training college called Wesley Training College. Okay. Teachers Training College, you know the likes of of you it that right. it used to be, and ever so often they would have to uh, you know have a, a props for some some function or the other. No. Uh, you know, and it required creativity and so forth. And often it was, you know, it was quite taxing on her. And my father would very often come to the rescue. Wow, he would come so to the rescue because he, in fact, he was very autistic himself. Okay. And whatever props was required, he would then spend the night helping her. And Subhanallah. Allah. Uh, in fact, I remember on one occasion no. in my in my teenage years, you know, uh, I always wanted a double breast jacket. Okay. <laughs> so this particular Eid, Alhamdulillah. It came to pass. I got my first double breast jacket, no. uh, and I was happy with it. Perfectly happy with it. Right. Only thing is, the sleeves were slightly too long. Right. But that was okay for me. Okay. But it bothered my father. Subhanallah. It bothered him, and I remember that night coming home, and I find find my father shortening the sleeves Allah. of my double breast jacket. Allah. Subhanallah. Allah. Uh, and that memory stayed with me. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. I mean, you know, somebody really mm. family orientated, mm. despite having the knowledge of Deen mm. of Islam, respected listeners journeying through the life of Sheikh Musa Gouda, and uh, you know, uh, Subhanallah, may Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reward him in abundance. But nonetheless, Inshallah, let us go and pay the bills quickly before we get interested upon. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Do you have difficulty calculating your zakah? Are you unsure if you are allowed to give zakah to family members? Do you know the conditions when zakah becomes due? The South African National Zakah Fund is well poised to advise you. We have an established team of learned scholars and advisors who can provide you the most effective one-on-one -on -one zakah consultation sessions. Our scholars have been assisting members of the public for many years. Quality advice on a confidential basis is on your doorstep. Trust our experts. Call us today at 021-638-0965 or 021-447-0297. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Sanzaf, changing lives through development and relief. Fazila Malik Tours is proud to announce the grand opening of our Cape Town offices. We offer a five-star Umrah package from as little as 15,999 Rand per person sharing. Package includes international airfares, five-star accommodation, Saudi visas and all transfers. Do not delay. Contact us on 082-576-2919 or view full details on www.fm.com fmtours.co.za Our 27 years experience is your lifetime memory. Die stem van die kaap, 91.3 FM Stereo Born to serve My eyes see injustice My hands work for change My tongue sing the sorrow of my heart Alhamdulillah 
Welcome back respected listeners to Radio Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM with your host Muhammad Sheikh and joining us in studio Maulana Ali Gouda reminiscing in the life of his beloved father Sheikh Musa Gouda. Now subhanallah we can imagine in the 40s, 50s, 60s was a great trial for Muslims or people of color for that matter in South Africa in terms of apartheid and the judiciary and so forth. You know what, what was his general stance or perhaps maybe an incident uh, that we can learn from his stance against this apartheid mm, regime. Mm, mm. I remember back in back in the eighties, especially in nineteen eighty five. That's when yeah. the uh, you know when the when the when the situation really uh, reached boiling point. Right. Uh, I remember I was in standard eight at Oakland's High. Okay. And uh, that was when there were you know constant rallies and and activities of this nature at uh, various high schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was a state of emergency. No. And my father was extremely concerned about about my safety. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, actually, you know, as teenagers we do foolish things. Right. So I took my sister's car. Never had a license. I was 15 years old. I took <laughs> my sister's car without <laughs> permission, and I went to school. Okay. You know. And then, you know, th- at school, you know, there was so much disorder. Right. Got a few friends, hopped in, and we left the school. As we left the school. Lo and behold, behind me was a, a police vehicle. Allah. And I, had to f- and I had to follow the police vehicle to Lansdowne Police Station. Subhanallah. Someone must have seen that. Right. Because within five minutes of me being at the police station, no. guess who was there? My father. Allah. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> and I've, I was now fearing the, the wrath of my father on me <laughs> because of taking the vehicle. But not a word to me, he lashed out against those policemen <laughs> in such a way <laughs> that they had no option, they released me. Allah. Not even worrying about me having no license or not. Alhamdulillah. So that is, I would say my father was, uh, in my experience in, 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 as, as a teenager, as a youngster, I saw my father as a very fearless individual. Right. I can relate perhaps another story. Yes, absolutely. You know, at, uh, in those years, my father had a few stores, okay. uh, a few shoe stores in the Athlone area. Nah. And in those years, when the alarm of a shop would go off, mm-hmm. it would, 99% it would be a false alarm, either the weather, the wind, or a cat. Okay. But then my father would have to go and reset the alarm, you know, physically go. Ah. The, the, the uh, sensible and prudent thing to do would be go to, to go to the police station first, right. get the police van to follow you and open the store, put back the alarm and uh-huh. so forth and lock up and go again yes but not my father <laughs> subhanallah he would just go and he would go and very often he would take one of us with him and this particular night i went with him it's something i dreaded very much <laughs> <laughs> was you know a bangbook at that time right so uh so nevertheless he went inside found out where the problem was set the alarm again came out and he was in the process of locking up again Locking up was was a tedious process because the door itself had a few locks. Then there were padlocks on the door. Then there were the shutters, and the shutters had a few locks. So it took you know one or two minutes to do that. Right. And as he was locking up, hmm. and this is it's quiet. It's nighttime. It's quiet. Now along comes a bunch of individuals who didn't look too savory. Okay. <laughs> Not only that, they were making a hell of a noise. Uh-huh. They were knocking on the trash cans. They were kicking, yeah. uh, I think, an empty tin can in the road. Right, right. And I started panicking. Subhanallah. And I'm thinking to myself, Dad, you better <laughs> see to them. Uh, lock up quickly, get in the car, and let's move. Right. Lo and behold, what does he do? 
he shouts at them. Ah. He disciplines them. He says, you should stop making so much noise and he scolds at them. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? They quiet down and they apologize. Wow. Subhanallah. Allah. Allah's up was with him, alhamdulillah. Allah. But that just showed me that my father was fearless, alhamdulillah. 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 And this was his, his general nature, you know? Yes. Now, my father is an individual, in, in my opinion, who, who says exactly what he feels. Okay. You know, a very, very straightforward, honest individual Naam. who doesn't be grudges at all alhamdulillah alhamdulillah and this i can imagine extended to the interactions with people around him and you know uh, perhaps his customers as a salesperson and so no, absolutely forth. absolutely extremely honest extremely just Naam. very compassionate alhamdulillah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, what was the relationship with um, uh, you know your father um, and some of the other ulama of the time in terms of, you know, um, pursuing um, careers or mm. teaching of Islamic studies or, you know, getting together and trying mm. to uh, organize events or projects for the community. Yes, I, I obviously know a few of his, of his very close friends and they are obviously most of them have passed on. Okay. Uh, the likes of Sheikh Yusuf Bouli, I think, Allah very Yohamu. close friends, the likes of Sheikh Nazim Muhammad, Naam. subhanAllah. And I know he would always say that, uh, I think it's Sheikh, either Sheikh Nazim or Sheikh Yusuf Bully who would always, you know, uh, 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 be on his case that leave the business, come join us. Yes, And yes. lo and behold, lo and behold, he, he did. He joined, uh, he became a, a member, a long-standing member of the MJC. Okay, mashallah. He is still uh, one of the, one of the, uh, uh, the executive members of JEQ, Jamiat Al-Qarra. No, no. So yes, from, even though he was obviously very involved in his business, yes. uh, that did not keep him away from uh, from from serving and contributing to to these uh, organizations and and I think every Sunday in fact Jamiat al Qurra would have a tilawa right. and he would give every Sunday Subhanallah for recitation of Quran Alhamdulillah Subhanallah mm. this has been continuing for yeah. years upon it and yes and and obviously he took on a, an imamat I think his first imamat position was in Mowbray. Okay. Right. Okay. Still being a, a, a fully fledged businessman, right? You know, right. having to oversee a few sh shoe stores, but yet having the time to be an imam at a masjid. And then I think in the 80s, he was appointed as one of the imams at Athens Road, which okay. up until this very day, he's an honorary imam. Obviously, he doesn't do duty because yes. of his age, but still he's counted as one of the imams. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. It, to me, it is amazing because I'm an imam of a masjid and Naam. I don't see. Wow, my father found time to do anything Allah else. Subhanallah. Allah In Allah fact, uh, sometimes there are many things that, that you, your parents do, your father, Naam. that you never come to hear because they do it out of your, out of your sight and presence. Yes. yes. But sometimes Allah, you know, gives you a glimpse into that. For example, uh, when I went studying at Darul Ulum Newcastle, I met up with, with, uh, with a brother who was also studying. And their whole family had embraced Islam, Naam. you know, prior to his coming to study for an alim. Today is an alim, alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. And he told me that when they embraced Islam, they were obviously were starting to learn recitation, mm. alif bata from the surah. Naam. And they were, they were in this in Athens Road vicinity. That's the majid that they were frequenting. Okay. And because there wasn't a, 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 a class that could 
uh, cater for their specific needs. Right. You know, being new Muslims mm. at that particular age, needing to start from scratch. Yes. He yes. said, my father would sit with him after Maghrib and give his time to them personally to teach them from Alif Bata. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So to me, this is something something huge. Absolutely. You know? I mean, mm. you know, we we tend to look at our leaders, our parents, those that are leaders in community, mm. as uh, you know, just based on the big things that they do. But we, mm. you know, we don't have a glimpse into these smaller things, yeah. at least in their lives. You know, small but yet big. Absolutely, know? absolutely you significant yeah, so much. Yeah. I mean, we take it yeah. for granted. Mm. Alhamdulillah, this person now is an alim today. Yeah. And all the thawab and the ajr, exactly. inshallah, will and, go and to and him. Perhaps we should mention that to, to all to all those, uh, we call them khalifas, you know, when yes. we were when we started out. Uh, we can only read Bukhari and Muslim and, and we can only <coughs> recite Quran <coughs> if we had learned Alif Bata. So while we tend to sometimes downplay the significance and importance of of those grassroots uh, individuals who who uh, who uh, sacrifice their time to teach us, you know, yes. the, the the basics no. of Arabic, the the alphabet. No. You know, they are you're cashing in Absolutely. all the way. You know, I can only read the complex text had I been taught the alphabet. Subhanallah, wonderful, <laughs> wise, wise indeed. Mm. Um, you know, in his time in serving, you know, to, with the MJC and Sheikh Yusuf Puli, I can imagine, you know, the Sunday Halaqa and Quran. Uh, was Quran something he made like a priority for his children growing up mm. right from a young age? No, absolutely. In fact, uh, from the moment I could perceive things, uh, the thing that rings in my ear, the moment when I wake up in the morning, I hear my father reciting Allah with okay. his melodious voice. When my father comes home, yeah. you could hear before he reaches the door. You could hear he's reciting. So my father was constantly reciting Subhanallah, and I would say Alhamdulillah, my father never uh, he never forced us in any way. Okay, uh, but he instilled love. He right. instilled love. Alhamdulillah. So yes, the 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 the, the upbringing was there, uh, and the encouragement was there. Right. right. And because of that encouragement and upbringing, he instilled love in me personally Naam. for Quran. Subhanallah. You know, I loved uh, the Quran because of my father's continuous recitation with his mm. melodious voice. Alhamdulillah. Allahu akbar. Mm. Allahu akbar. And if if I may mention, you know, Naam. often I would have to recite uh, to my father. Uh, old lesson while I was while I was doing hifz, and the one thing that was that stood out for me was his his his, his gentle and compassionate nature. Mm -hmm. When listening, he would never ever ever <coughs> reprimand me or raise his voice or show anger or be annoyed mm -hmm. if I had made a mistake or perhaps did not know my lesson that well. Wow, that was an amazing thing for me because you know. In the old school, you know, it was... Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just yeah. so, so stick would, 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 would yeah, be yeah. the norm of the but day. I can confidently say that wasn't my father. Allahu Akbar. So it was a continuous recitation that enhanced this motivation and this love and attachment to oh, Quran. Absolutely, absolutely. Allahu Akbar. Absolutely. And at that time also, uh, you know, that maintained Sheikh Mustafa Ismail, his icon up until... Yes, yes, I think still. In fact, when my father came to visit me, I spent two years in Egypt. <laughs> Uh, 1994 and a bitter part of 1995. No. Um, that is when my father met up with the famous Qari Sheikh Ahmed Naina. Oh, Subhanallah. Uh, and lo and Sheikh Sheikh Ahmed Naina actually, basically, in a manner of speaking, imitates Sheikh the Mustafa. style of Mustafa Ismail. Yes. Right? Uh, and my father took a liking to him okay. and promised him there. We were there all day in that particular sitting no. when he visited the flat of one student and he did a recitation. 
So my father promised him that we're going to invite you to Cape Town. Cape- Allah. Lo and behold, the very next year he was in Cape Town. Subhanallah. <laughs> Subhanallah. <laughs> wow. I mean, this attachment and love for Quran. Was there any particular chapters or anything that he would recite more often than the others? Well, not that I can say personally, but I do know that uh, he was fond of Surah Tahrim. Tahrim. Yes. I, I was told that with Sheikh Abdul Basit was here in 1966 for the first time, no. three years before I was born. Subhanallah. That in, uh, in the Muir Street Masjid, no. he recited that surah. Subhanallah. And, uh, my, my eldest brother, he, he passed away last year, this time actually. He would always, he would always speak about that. About that mm. recitation, he was probably a teenager at the time. Right, right, right. Subhanallah, mm. Surah Al-Tahrim, and it happens to be one of my favorites. Allah Akbar. I think uh, mm. you know there is a, uh, when I think about Surah Al-Tahrim, one particular clip of Sheikh Mustafa Ismail from mm. Intatuba ilallahi faqad saqat qulubukuma. But the way that comes, that mm. that beauty, that Allah Akbar, Allah inspires with Quran regularly, and so Subhanallah, did he? Um, you know, uh, when you used to recite to him hifs, um, was this a particular thing, a set thing on a regular basis that, you know, he would attach time to for Quran, for Islamic studies? Was it part of his action day to day? You know, he would advise um, his children as things go along or as, uh, you know, different mm. moments or incidents uh, came mm. about? Well, obviously, I can only speak to him for myself. Yes. One, I so obviously understand that my father was a very busy man in terms of business. Right. But while I was doing hifth, no. while I was doing hifth, uh, he would always, uh, you know, uh, especially in the morning when he would give me a lift to, uh, at times when he give me a lift to madrasa, most times I would hope, but when he would give me a lift, no. then I would have to recite my lesson to him. Okay. And so forth. he would always check on me. But like I said, um, even myself as a, as, as a parent with my children, no. I found that actually sometimes it's better for a father mm-hmm. not to listen too much to the child and rather leave it to the teacher right. and rather request from the teacher to give feedback okay you know okay now because sometimes the father tends to be a little bit more strict right on the child mm-hmm. and perhaps uh, to the detriment okay, okay? Now, so now. i don't know if that was my father's wisdom right but, right. but he did listen to me from time to time but not that often he would always mm-hmm. he would always inquire Okay. You understand? Okay. But what would happen is um, in those years and just after I got married, uh, I would go with him very often to recite Tilawatul Quran. Oh, mashallah. And then he, would, then he would listen to me, you know, on a regular basis just to see no. that, you know, the Tajweed is as it should be. Subhanallah. And, so keeping meticulous, this punctual meticulousness, yeah. even in Quran and the learning and reciting of Quran. That's correct. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. In fact, um, in the year 2012, <laughs> So uh, we lived from, with my father for a year, mm-hmm. my father and mother, because my brother had left for Australia for a year. Okay. And obviously my, my kids were learning Hafiz. Uh-huh. And in fact, just now as we were speaking about, about the interview, uh, my, my daughter uh-huh. Zainab would, said, would, would, uh, would say that um, my father would listen to her every night after Maghrib. Wow, yeah, he would, he would call and listen to Ibn of the Maghrib. Subhanallah, <laughs> keeping it the, the uh, tradition, you know, of, of yeah, learning the Quran yeah, in the family yeah, too. Yeah. Allah and Allah. obviously, you know, the relationship between father and grandchild is, is even more, you know, Absolutely, definitely. Uh, you know, the element of sternness or strictness takes a little bit of a backseat, exactly, perhaps. Exactly. <laughs> Allahu yes, Akbar, exactly, Allahu Akbar. And so, you know, um, uh, was, he, was he continuously involved in business for a great part? Great part? 
I think, yes, for most of his life, for mm-hmm. most of his life he was a businessman until, of course, the age of retirement when my my brother took over. Right. Uh, but, you know, having said that, you know, Quran never ever took a backseat. Okay. The masjid never ever took a backseat. SubhanAllah. There was, there was always an involvement. No. Like I said, he was an imam from the 80s right. at St. Athens Road before that uh, for, for, for a few years at uh, the Mowbray Masjid. Mm-hmm. So even though he was obviously a fully-fledged businessman, right. and you can imagine running a business with yes. a few stores, it no, takes no. a lot out of you. Absolutely. But yet that did not, that did not uh, deter him or keep him away. Right, from right. Uh, from the Quran, Tilawatul Quran on a, on, a, on on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and obviously daily activities at the Masjid, Fajr in the Masjid, Maghrib in the Masjid. Subhanallah, uh, Subhanallah. Mm. So this was his regular routine, you know, uh, Subh Salah in the Masjid, uh, up mm. to his businesses, and then after Maghrib return home. Mm. And Subhanallah, I can imagine, mm. you know, it must be absolutely difficult to keep that balanced lifestyle. Uh, take into consideration, he was a sport fanatic as well, mm. you know, so <laughs> contributing time to everything, Subhanallah, and yet in today's times we think sure how is it ever possible to juggle anything for that matter <laughs> Allahu Akbar but nonetheless um, you know so uh, once uh, he reach, reaching this retirement age or you know taking a backseat a little bit from the business what was his focus more on in terms of uh, you know mm. just taking it easy yeah. focusing on health and things yes Alhamdulillah my father enjoys fairly good health uh, he has uh, issues with gout as many many of us do right but uh, other than that he, he his, his movements have become slow because of old age. But other than that, Alhamdulillah, he's, he's still very uh, healthy. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, but I think his main focus after retirement was on on Jam'iyatul Qurra. Okay. Uh, on okay. The, the, the institution. Naam. Um and obviously putting a lot of effort and concern into that, alhamdulillah. Right, so mm. subhanAllah, seeing to the administration and mm. other aspects around yeah, attending it. Attending meetings, attending to queries and so forth. And right. when there are students to be tamated, then he would get involved in listening and so forth. Oh, mashallah. And just, just, just uh, you know, uh, pitching in with regard to general running of the institution. SubhanAllah, mm. I'm I'm picturing someone who mm. made his life Qur'an and didn't take a retirement from that besides everything else. SubhanAllah. Absolutely. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspires us with such motivation and mm. dedication to Quran and um, you know um, does he still continue you know being involved in sports and you know other activities besides um, you know Jamaiyatul Qurra and in this retirement phase well obviously sports has taken a backseat a long time ago in terms of uh, physical involvement okay okay <laughs> but he, he continues to to to, uh, to love you know a good game of, 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 of rugby in, in spite <laughs> of him having played soccer Right. He, was a, he was a cricket player and a soccer player, right? Okay. Uh, but I find him watching rugby more than soccer. <laughs> I don't know why. Allah alam. Right. And of course, he loves he loves cricket. Okay. Just in fact, just to the in the week, uh, I'm sure the listeners must 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 know the the well known uh, uh, cricket uh, personality um, Saeed Saeed Majid Saeed Majid. Right. Right. He was a, a very 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 good cricketer okay. of his time. And he happens to be my wife's uncle. Oh, okay. Yes. So we were speaking, and he just mentioned to me that uh, he remember uh, years back, my father was in his late forties or mid forties, and he was still playing cricket. 
Wow. And it so happened that my eldest brother, Adnan, and my father actually played in the same team. SubhanAllah. <laughs> the father and yeah. son team. And you, and, and you would relate to me that they would be both be opening batsmen. Wow. <laughs> Allahu yeah. Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. And I think we can take lesson from that respected mm. listeners. You know, mm. um, being active or keeping fit and things, it's it's also a lifelong commitment. I don't think you can mm. take retirement from that. Perhaps Mulan Ali can mm. share insight. Mm. You know, something that uh, Islam encourages us to be regularly mm. active. So Subhanallah. But nonetheless, respected listeners, I think it's time to uh, visit the markets once again. And inshallah, we will resume shortly. Stay tuned. When a builder applies his skills, he builds epic stuff, committing every drop of sweat, every inch of every nail to building. Sometimes life will hit you with a brick in your face. Get up, dust off those overalls, paint, build, and nail that project every single time. Be proud to build. If building was a sport, Buco would be your top coach. Get building ready with great motivating advice and the best gold medal deals in hardware buildware. Buco, let's build together. Visit our store on the corner of Fort Rica and Halt Road, Vasco. Buco, let's build together. When you need a panel beater, you want peace of mind. Alpha Body Works is approved by all major insurance companies. We're also VW approved because our collision repair center produces exceptional results, backed by superior service. Not only do we collect and deliver your vehicle, we have 18 courtesy cars for your convenience. Alpha Body Works is simply steps above the rest. Call 021-691-9333 or visit alphabodyworks.coza. Terms and conditions apply. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Born to serve. My eyes see injustice, my hands work for change. My tongue sings the sorrow of my heart. The love of Allah combined with hope. Let's hold hands as we make a start. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Welcome back, respected listeners, to Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Your host, Muhammad Sheikh, this evening entertaining you on leadership and the life of Sheikh Musa Goda, uh, narrated by none other than his honored beloved son, uh, Maulana Ali Goda. And perhaps, inshallah, you know, getting a glimpse into an all-rounder. Uh, you know, in cricket, we introduce fairly often somebody who does everything, a master of all the trades, is a bowler, is a batsman, and, you know, whether it's a wicketkeeper, but he takes all roles now. Nonetheless, and uh, the glimpse that I'm getting into the life of Sheikh Musa Goda is also an out, uh, being an all-rounder, a businessman, somebody who has an occupation, and at the same time seeing to the needs, the spiritual needs of a community, subhanAllah, and perhaps also involving himself as a family person with chores in the house. Expected listeners, I think this is one important aspect, especially perhaps not to be sexist, but to direct this at menfolk. You know, sometimes we think that being domesticated or doing domestic items is restricted to the women folk. But uh, perhaps, inshallah, Mlana Ali Goda might have a different perspective given his life of his beloved father. I think I did mention about my father's meticulousness and especially in the kitchen. Yes. So my father used to, I don't know if he still does, but he used to make a mean pot of curry. Curry? Okay. Yeah, but 
not only obviously curry, but many other dishes. I, I fondly remember uh, on a Saturday afternoon, no. we would be assisting at the shops. And uh, when we come home, we would find my father in the kitchen preparing lunch for us. Subhanallah. You know, one particular meal that was a Saturday favorite was a meal called shakshuka. Shakshuka? I don't know if you know shakshuka. No uh, idea. Well, I, I don't know if my father changed the recipe, but it was primarily a dish with egg, mince, and obviously tomato in between. Okay. So uh, quite nice, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, maybe uh, something Arab or from could be, that? It could, could be, be. <laughs> it could be, Allah Alam, Allah. But that is, uh, yes, my father would often be found in the kitchen on a Saturday afternoon, no. uh, you know, preparing and we would come out to, uh, to a lovely meal, Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Uh, I mentioned that my father, obviously, uh, he could sew very well as well. Sew? Yes. Oh, okay. That, that is why he yes. could, uh, you could, you could, you know, amend uh, or alter my, my double-breast jacket. <laughs> Out of curiosity, um, how, did he how did he accustom all of these? Like, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I actually learned from my father. My father... Whenever we, whenever he would do something at home, he would involve myself and my, my brother, uh, Shadli, who is two years my senior. Um, and he would often say, no. there's no such thing as can't. Okay. And this is something that I learned from him in that you, if there's something to be done, attempt to do it. Mm -hmm. Ask advice and attempt to do it yourself. And it's something that I learned from him, which I implement in my life today, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. So, uh, there I see that I can also sew a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> MashaAllah. Uh, I cannot cook. Uh, I would really love to, I cannot cook. But we, I assist my father in the garden on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I, if I close my eyes, I can picture him in his lungi wow. in the garden on a Sunday morning. My father has green fingers, subhanAllah. <laughs> uh, uh, he planted uh, two, I don't know what the pronunciation is, yaka or yuka, right. uh, trees in my garden a few years ago okay and it was uh, probably about what the ruler's uh, uh, length high Naam. now it's reaching the skies wow so uh, so and the trees the plants that i planted are all, all dead <laughs> <laughs> so, so my Akbar. father has green fingers and i remember every sunday he would you know he would do the some garden work and we would help him Naam. and whatever other you know household chore in terms of main household maintenance there was he would right. do it himself Painting, my father taught me how to dip a paintbrush into a tin of paint and taking it out without spilling a drop of paint, for example. Wow, so the bathroom needed a new tile, uh, right. he would do the tiling himself. Wallpaper. I even remember on one occasion him building a shelf. Subhanallah, from scratch. And from scratch, obviously we had some wood lying around. And, right, right. And uh, I was there to assist him. Subhanallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So yes, he was jack of all trades. All trades, <laughs> Allah. Alhamdulillah. Amazed. I am truly, truly amazed. I think uh, we owe a heartful thank you, Jazakallah Khair, Ahsanul Jaza, to Maulana Ali Kauda for taking the time out and being part of our show this evening, Born to Serve. And uh, we definitely hope to see Maulana again many more times in future in the studio. But I guess that comes to the end. End of yet another edition of Born to Serve. From myself, Muhammad Sheikh, from all of us here at Voice of the Cape. Keep well, keep safe, keep steadfast and deen, keep us all in your du'as. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, 
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم رب هذه الدعوة التامة والصلاة القائمة آت سيدنا محمدا الوصيلة والفضيلة والشرف والدرجة العالية الرفيعة وبعثه مقاما محمودا الذي وعدته وارزقنا شفاعته يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن ربنا ولا تحمل علينا 
The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, The Voice of the Cape. Want to invest in your child's future? Then Junior College is the answer. With small classes, highly qualified staff, individual attention, set in a healthy teaching and learning environment where fun and safety provides parents with peace of mind. Junior College caters from preschool to grade 7 and also has an aftercare for working parents. Junior College, Boundary Road, Scarpcrawl, Ottery. An investment in our children. Call 704-2786. We have limited vacancies available for grades 4 to grade 7 for 2017. And registration for grade R and grade 1, 2, 3 has opened for 2018 at Junior College. Allah say, don't be a chop, come and shop. Chikrao, aleka prakla chikrao Ali mensa hauda ek bai chikrao Ti mensa wat complain, no sauce ani Mitchell's plain Chikrao, Mitchell's plain and grassy park Specialist in fresh and frozen chicken For all occasions at wholesale prices Visit our Mitchell's plain branch for our new in-store butchery and deli From steakments to beef sausage, lamb packs and many more Call 021-376-4786 Chikrao's aleka prakla chikrao Embark on your journey to well-being with Find Your Health Black Seed Oil for... I'm just so excited about the new black seed oil from Find Your Health. The beneficial properties within the oil soothe arthritis, lowers blood pressure, boosts immunity, stabilizes blood sugar and gives you endless energy and many more. Yo, so my liquor for the liver. Exclusively at Kim Park Pharmacy, Broadroad Pharmacy, A Plus Pharmacy, Firkim Pharmacy, To Your Health, Kinilworth Center, Jeff Mid Pharmacy, Vitacare Bedgrow Center, Turbo Master 21 Cannon Street, Maitland. Contact us at 079-58530 or visit us at www.findyourhealth.co.za Find your health. Your health is your wealth. Here at Balmoral Supermarket, we are always finding ways of making shopping with us more convenient. Like our weekly vegetable combo at a fantastic price of 129 Rand 99. Each combo is expertly sourced and consists of everyday essential items. Head over to our grocery department for a fantastic deal on our 2kg sunlight topical hand washing powder. Get three for only 100 Rand. 
Add us on WhatsApp. Send your name to 063-482-7183. That's 063-482-7183. And we will send you all our latest specials. To shop online, don't forget to visit www.balmoral.online. Whosoever builds a masjid for the pleasure of Allah, Allah builds for him a house in paradise. Sponsor an ibadat masjid for only 65,000 rands or a Juma masjid for only 140,000 rands. Contact Africa Muslims Agency on 031-207-5676. Africa Muslims Agency, the agency that cares. The Qurban and the Sari, drawing inspiration from two of the greatest displays of complete trust in Allah. Allah Most High says in Surah Al-Hajj, verse 37 of the Noble Qur'an, reach Allah, nor will their blood, but what reaches Him is piety.